welcome to episode 80 of the My Fancy Zamboni podcast. Uh, another week of hockey down, another week on the trot that we're going. So keeping it strong. Unfortunately, we have to test our Ironman status yet again. We'll come up to you with bad news as we are one man down today. Mr. Gareth Dutton, the toothless wonder, has been added to the injury reserve list. And the honest reason is because we think he's fell asleep. Um, so... <laughs> We hope you have a nice nap, Greth. It won't be the first time like you were a couple of times in uh, in Alborg, but we hope you have a nice nap and uh, get your beauty sleep. Won't be the last. Won't be the last, absolutely not. <laughs> I'll be uh, some chicken nuggies. <laughs> <laughs> Back to you with tweets to confirm whether Greth's woken up with chicken nuggets. <laughs> But now, as you can hear there, we we are joined by, uh, for start, joined by Mr. David Grant. Dave, how are we doing today? I'm not too bad, thank you, Joe. I'm not going to ask how you are. Instead, I'm going to wish you, as it still is, uh, the second, a happy birthday. Um, sure. A, a year closer to claiming your pension, you all get. Um, hope you've yep. had a good day, mate. And, uh, all yeah. well here. Yeah, it's been good. It's been all right. I've, I have to, I have to fully recommend at least to any Sheffield-based people to go to Suki because that was just what some of the best food I've had in a long time. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know if there are any across the country. But yeah, absolutely spot on food. But, but yeah, so Sheffield for an away game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you're a Sheffield for an away game, or Google it and see if there are any anywhere else. It's basically all you can eat Japanese food, and it's absolutely spot on. Um, yeah, other than that, I'd be working today, mate. So. Pretty, uh, pretty run-of-the-mill day. Fair play. <laughs> uh, we're also joined by Mr. Andy Stafford. Andy, how are we doing today, mate? I'm all right, thank you. Uh, yeah, happy birthday, Joe. Thank you very much. The big 2-6, you're officially over the quarter century mark. How's it feel? Yeah, just don't say that. It's, uh, <laughs> honestly, the honest answer is absolutely no different. Good stuff. How are you doing, buddy? Well, you all right? Yeah, not bad. Ankle, ankle's still, uh, ankle's still recovering. Still not joined any conga lines of recent. So, but, uh, but yeah. You, you're going off about the big two six, and yet there's two people. One person who's in having a good kip at this moment in time, was well above that age bracket. Probably an age thing. Like Mr. Stafford, he probably is an age thing. I'd just be very <laughs> careful uh, where you're going with that. Conversations can be had. Let's put it that way. I also so I don't age, know, we don't have age discrimination on this podcast. No. I also like the uh, the big two six and the quarter century mark. Like he's not only one month younger than me. Gonna <laughs> say. I'm enjoying well, last mate. I'm I'm just enjoying it, making master it. Honestly, I cannot blame <laughs> you. <laughs> But no, it is just the three of us today. Like we say, it's probably an age thing for Greff. He's obviously uh, he's needing his power nap tonight. Um, the oldest Dave, one doesn't need Dave, a power Dave nap. Dave had his earlier on. Um, <laughs> Actually, I did, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll give a heads-up warning straight away on this podcast. In our infinite professionalism on, as, as, as podcast runners, um, we do feel like we've forgotten to add something to the agenda. And for the life of us, we cannot remember what it is. <laughs> We've tried as we might to come up with what it is. We have already been on a call for an hour, by the way, now, gents, before we even started recording today. And uh, we're none the wiser. So be prepared. Probably an age thing. Probably an age thing. Probably an age thing. Um, 
yeah, quite honestly, be prepared to have more of a, a bumper edition next week where we go, this is what we forgot last week. Um, other than that, shall we actually talk some hockey, boys? <laughs> oh, go on, then. If we, if we have to twist his arm, we can talk some hockey. Let's have a look. So, in the last week, we had Saturday the 27th, the Dundee Stars beat the Manchester Storm 3-2. We will highlight that we all said that the Manchester Storm were going to win that game, which again shows exactly how well we do. We'll come to predictions a bit later on, but I had to say that straight away. Um, Coventry Blaze beat Glasgow 3-2 in a shootout. First home game for the Glasgow clan, so not a bad result for them in their first home game against the good Coventry side. Flyers beat the Guildford Flames 3-0, another shock result there. Uh, Cardiff Belfast uh, Cardiff won 4-2 the Giants then went to go on and play Dundee on the Sunday and Dundee took a 3-2 win Uh, Fife beat Nottingham 4-2 in Nottingham Glasgow absolutely spanked Manchester for want of a better word 5-1 in Manchester Uh, Sheffield beat the Flames 3-1 in Guildford and the Cardiff Devils beat Coventry 2-0 on a Premier Sports game in Coventry uh, and last but not least, I've missed out a game. I've realised it was our game. I'll come back to that. Last but not least, uh, we've got Glasgow beating the Fife Flyers 4-1 for their first home win on Tuesday. They were all league games. The reason I've missed another one is because it was a Challenge Cup game. The Steelers lost out 5-4 in overtime to the Panthers in Sheffield on Saturday. Uh, standout scores, boys. I'm going to go with the Challenge Cup game. Um, the game that didn't matter, apart from seedings. Uh, and if we're honest, kind of apart from the uh, uh, Saxon Daniel and Tucson fight, kind of just d- drabbed along. Up until backups went in. And fair play to Nottingham Sheffield, uh, Warburton and Curling went in around the half, they both at the same time around the halfway mark. And the game opened up. And that game got exciting. And both teams kind of gone, you know, let's have some fun. Let's, let's play hockey. And by Christ, both teams did. Nottingham went into and got the, got the lead. Um, Sheffield chipped away and came back into the game, brought into overtime. Um, I'd say unlucky because of the time, but a uh, delayed game penalty gave Panthers the, um, the, the man advantage in overtime and got the winner. Um, but it was just nice to watch a game that in the blunt sense, men absolutely naff all. Both teams qualify for the next round of the, of the, the knockout of stage of the Challenge Cup. Although the defeat benefited, in my opinion, Sheffield more than winning, uh, given who they play in the next round. Um, and, and both, you know, both sides, you know, but, and the game, you know, went toe to toe once the backups went in. And, you know, that, that, I'll be honest with you, the atmosphere cranked up a notch uh, from the home fans and the away fans. Um, started a bit more when it just seemed to be bizarre that it all started when the British backups went in and fair play to Kerlin and Warburton pulled off um, a couple of decent saves a couple of goals that they may want back themselves but that's the nature of the beast of goals but overall kind of that last half was a bit, it was a nice addition to what was a good night of hockey um, yeah don't like losing to the Panthers as a Sheffield fan but as a game itself I, I enjoyed it I did leave that building you know pretty entertained just before we go on to Andy's game, one thing, it's, it's funny you say that, and I feel like this is something that is just a minor thing to break down from that game. We've obviously said about the, the way that it makes a difference to the seedings, and if the Steelers had have won that game, uh, I believe they'd have taken top seed in, in the cup 
as a whole, uh, and they'd have played Coventry in the next round. I, I'm just, I'm just only saying it really as, as as an effect of you've said. Obviously, it benefits us, and I fully agree with you that I'd rather be playing Fife than Coventry. I'm saying that with slightly less confidence after the weekend just gone, because you see in Fife beat Guildford and beat Nottingham in Nottingham as well. You do. However, if you, have the, if you have the choice between playing Fife and that, that pesky Flyers type attitude or CJ Mark and the Coventry Blaze, yeah. we said already on this podcast at the beginning of the season, this is a cup team. This is a team that's going to do that is set for cups. If I'm going to play Coventry Blaze, it's in the final. Go down to the Bay game. We'll play them in the final. Fine. Not a problem. One-offs. Great. Two legs. I'm going to go to that building. Nah. Hey, you're all right, thanks. Now, I'm happy to go second seed um, from a Sheffield perspective because um, I just don't want to. I don't want to face the Blaze. No, I fully, apart from the final. I fully agree with you. I just I saw the results and I was just you know when we were saying it at the time like oh I'd rather take five and then at the end of the weekend I was like oh, actually five have done pretty well this weekend but no I still agree I would still rather take five than uh, than than Coventry. We have said Coventry are a, uh, a silverware. Stealer this year, I think. Um, anyway, sorry, Andy. Um, your game. Alright, uh, I'm going for the Glasgow Clan and Coventry Blaze game from uh, Saturday. Uh, ended three two to the Blaze after penalty shots. Uh, first period, it was Matthew Wah who put the Clan ahead, assisted by Cotton Yellowhone and uh, new signing Mitch Jones getting his first point, first assist. Uh, Coventry answered back in the second period with a goal from Yanni Larkinen, assisted by John Curran, and then John Curran converting again uh, a few minutes later with Larkinen and Ferrara assisting. And then Mitch Jones again getting his second point and first goal. Uh, so that's a great start for him, uh, assisted by Matthew Watt and Colton Yellowhorn. Uh, after that, it was no score. Uh, so uh, tied at two, uh, going to overtime. Again, nothing to separate them both, so went to penalty shots. Uh, Ferrara converting first for the Blaze, followed by Tim Shoup, uh, equalised on penalty shots. And then uh, in the third round, we had David Clements uh, putting one in for the Blaze. Uh, and then it was Yanni Kivilati for the Blaze again. Uh, he basically sealed the points for Coventry, uh, but still a very good effort uh, for Glasgow. And uh, I just want to give a shout-out to Shara as well. I saw the... Um, the video that's posted on BBC Sports Scotland that was a very good, uh, a very good uh, advert for the league and advert for the clan. So very good, very good uh, effort for that. Uh, but still a very good game between the two sides and uh, clan. Even though, even though they're not had much uh, much time together as a team on the ice, you know we're, they're getting the points and uh, uh, looking pretty strong to be honest with you. Yeah, Clan are a hard one to read now, right? Now I was looking at the league the other day. They're like obviously dead bottom because they've only played a few games, but I think they're like on a fifty percent win percentage, which for a team coming in part way through the season after everybody's played a few games, that's just not bad going. Do you know they're? Uh, I think they're a bit of a dark horse at the moment because you kind of write them off having had that slow start, and like you said, they've had a cracking week this week. Um, hundred percent win rates for the Scottish teams on Sunday as well. That was that was another crazy, yeah. 11, oh. point, 11 points out of 12 over the weekend. Yeah. Just a, just a point dropped by Glasgow in that first game. Yeah. Uh, I, I, say, I, I think it's great that Glasgow got that home game open and obviously we mentioned the uh, the win uh, against Fife on, on the St. Andrew Day. I was messaging a friend who was uh, at the game. 
And you know, there's the same reactions that we had to our first game back at the arena. It was literally just the same, and they were just that. They did, none of them actually cared about the result. It was just we're back at the at the, the uh, Braid Arena, and we just had that excitement. And uh, I think that the um, were you, Joe? They'll be dark horse. I just think the schedule may harm them down the stretch. Yeah. Yeah, I suspect they have the potential to have that bit of a derailment when, once because they're going to be coming to some serious like three, four game weeks. It's it's going to be a killer for them. I mean, you've got to hope that they can stay healthy for their their sake. But even if they can stay healthy and stay fit, that's still a really, really tough, a really, really tough schedule to play. Um, in fairness, we'll make it all the more rewarding. And I think if in fairness this year, if Glasgow were to take some silverware, I don't think there'd be a single fan in the league that would be uh, faulting them for that. I think everybody would tip the cap to them for that. Um, we'll just go back to my game, gents. I mean, uh, my game was the premier sports game between the Cardiff Devils and the Coventry Blaze. It was in Coventry. Um, do you know what? This is the kind of game that if I hadn't have watched it, I'd have looked at the score and gone, what a boring game to have on TV. It realistically, it was a one nil game. It was a, it was a two nil win for the devils. The second goal being an empty net goal. Matt Carew had a 42 shot shutout. Um, came out with the absolute wilder of a, um, of a statement at the end of the game, which was basically they won because they had a horseshoe up their ass. That was what he said live on premier sports, which, uh, Got more than a giggle. Um, yeah, 42 shots to 25. So, in, in all honesty, um, Dave, I think you watched the game as well. I don't think Andy did. But, in all, I don't know what you think, mate, but honestly, probably was a game that Coventry should have won. Oh, if it weren't for Crew, Coventry win that and they win it handsomely. You know, I'm just going. They, they, they would have like, three, four goals, and I'd screw that pronunciation bad style. My God. Um, but a cracking game to watch. Um, uh, it was end to end for the whole 60 minutes. Uh, and yeah, Karuf pulled off some ridiculous. Saves. So did TJ Martin in yeah. fairness. Yeah. He got let down a bit with the, 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 the game winner. Um, trying to remember the first goal. Um, it, was, it was a, yeah, just a defensive play. Just kind of let down a bit. But apart from that entertainment, big hits, See, I, I think I, I actually thought the defender did the right thing and it was it was a very it was a very lucky goal for Cardiff in that the defender went to block the pass or the shot and the shot came off the defender in the most unlucky of places because it fell straight off the defender straight to the guy in the back post uh, I'm just trying to look and see who the guy in the back post was sorry should have had that up before. Let's have a look. Da, 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 da. 13. Josh Lamon. It fell to him directly on the back post. He pulled it to his backhand and, and tipped it. I think it went inside post and in. So he still made a pretty hard job of it. But CJ Mott had set for the set for the shot. I honestly thought the D-man did what the right thing. It just unfortunately came off him in that way that sometimes you just can't control. Uh, bounced off the back of his leg just to Lamon's stick and Lamon just popped it in. Um, I mean, it, it was a a lucky goal either yeah. way. Um, I, I just, from my aspect, but it, it could be me looking at it as a goal, or you looking at it as a defender, uh, stroke forward. So yeah. I don't know. Um, I, either way, for me though, the type the type of goal it was, 
didn't feel like it warranted that to be the game winner because it was just actually a high level skill wise, high level game uh, for yeah. both sides. Um, but yeah, I, well, thought, I also it. thought the um, the officiating were decent. We've criticised Dops over, and I thought the officiating were decent um, on that game. Yeah. Um, also, a massive shout out to uh, Miller uh, and his game management on Saturday. Um, yeah. In the Sheffield Nottingham game, got a you know huge praise for that. Um, and it's just it's just nice to see hockey decided you know and the players put the big boy pants on and they played hockey and the referees kind of they let him go to the line. He said it felt it felt like beginning of the season they rushed to before it kind of got to the line where they needed to step in. I felt this weekend of what we saw the, the Cardiff Coventry game and the bits I mentioned there, the refs let the players do what they need to do. Yeah, I mean the the game was refed by Andrew Miller and Liam Sewell on on Sunday. Um, I say Miller was the referee in Sheffield on Saturday. The credit the credit to Miller on Saturday goes because of the the Sacha Danielson uh, Tushinyon fight. Uh, because in fairness, I mean if I was refing that game, I'd have blown the whistle a lot earlier than he was blowing that whistle. Um, you could clearly see that something was going to kick off, and he just let him deal with it. Uh, jumped in when they needed to jump in. Job done. Uh, the Sunday, I mean, you're talking, there were three penalties on Coventry, four penalties on Cardiff. One of the penalties on Cardiff was actually on Matt Carruth. Uh, he got an interference penalty for stepping out in front of a player as he stepped around the back of the net. Minimal penalties. And I mean, some of them were really, really unfortunate penalties. Do you know, they were none of them that you thought were really weak, anything like that. Uh, I mean, there was only one penalty to me that should have been called, which was uh, David Clements finished his hit on Dixon. Dixon didn't like it and gave him a really nice two-hander across the back of the leg. Started a little bit of a rough up in front of the benches. But again, oh, yeah. you let him go. I, I kind of just hope that really did kick off. I'm not going to lie. I was hope. I thought Coventry it was. Commentary on the bench where, and it's happened before a few times over the years in Coventry where it kind of really all kick off. So I was hoping it was really going to. Because that would have been great. It was in the first five minutes as well, weren't it? Really well, early in the game. That would have been a great start to the year. I, I, also, I also was waiting for Clements to put Dixon through the bench because obviously the gate was open on the bench and it was by <laughs> their bench as Dixon was skating back. Clements turned back on himself and I was like, he's going to put him through that gate in a minute. <laughs> so, um, but no, it's, it's a, it was a great game to watch. Absolutely fantastic game to watch. Very, very bizarre thing that happened in that game was within the space of about five minutes, three players got hit in the face by the puck. Yeah. And I've never seen that happen quite to that level before. One of them was one of their own players shot it into his face. <laughs> one of them, luckily, it bounced off his glove and into his cheeks. If it had hit him directly, he was going down with a broken cheekbone. Uh, and I can't remember what happened with the other. I think that might have been a clearance that again bounced up and hit him. In well, the yeah. Just I've I've never seen it happen. For a place about three, it was three times in about five minutes. That's more than bad luck, isn't it? I mean, it was a weird cluster yeah. of them just at the same time. You're like, I don't think Murphy and AD knew what to do. It was almost like they they almost wanted to laugh, but obviously not laugh because players were dropping injured, and it was clearly a concern because you never like to see that kind of injury. But it was almost that. like you wanted to laugh at just like what is going on? This is this never happens. It's that squid game, isn't it? Mm. I mean, the other, if you, the other thing is, it's got to be said. I mean, it's it's concerning um, to an extent because you see what happened to was it in Russia where that kid got hit in the face with a puck and then. He like he passed away after it, didn't he? Because he got hit in the face by a puck. Was it Russia or something? Yeah, yeah I it think was. it was recent, wasn't it? 
Yeah, so you always kind of you see that happen, and as I say, you don't want to laugh, but it was just the fact that it was three times in a row, and you just it was just didn't really know what reaction to give, but but no, I, absolutely. I mean, rounding it off, an absolutely fantastic game to put on Premier Sports. Uh, by far, probably the best game that I've seen on Premier Sports for a long time. If you take out the kind of your obvious finals and stuff like that, I mean, obviously we're not going to say that it was better than watching the Challenge Cup final on Premier, but. You know, it was up there as one of the best league games I've seen for a long time on Premier. Um, we got anything else that we want to add on, on results this week? No, not good. Yeah, OK. I will also just add, the. Uh, I think all three players that went down from being hit in the face with a puck returned to the ice within a shift or two. So it was quite good to see them all return because there were a couple where you thought that's not good. Um, but yeah, all, all three returned. Uh, next thing I've got on the agenda, gents, is signings. Uh, so what I will do, because we've realised that we've really dropped the balls on covering signings with everything else that we've had to cover, um, and actually we're going to go back to the oh, we're going to go back to a transfer on the 14th of November. That's how far back we're going to go. Yeah, of course, being busy, haven't they? Yeah. Um, in fairness, gents, we're probably back as far as maybe the 22nd of October if we're looking at this properly we're not going to do that because quite frankly we already take two and a half hours on a regular basis so what we're going to do is I'll read through from uh, the 14th of November onwards we'll pick a, uh, a sign in each just to, just to round off um, and we'll keep it nice and short in that respect just because we don't want to get a rab- get into a rabbit hole other holes are available thank you um, we don't want to get down a rabbit hole and start talking about every single player and take about four hours. So basically, so we've got the 14th of November first signing from HC Prezov was uh, Tommy Jokinen signing to the Nottingham Panthers uh, from according to elite prospects, no team signing for the Manchester storm was uh, Jason Bakashua, which is not the way I like to pronounce his name because I think Bakashihua is a much better way of pronouncing that. Um, we've then got from Hockstadter EC to Manchester, Austin Albrecht, uh, Cody Drover from no team to the Dundee Stars. Andreas Valdix uh, obviously was on a trial contract with the Cardiff Devils. They then let him go after that trial contract and he signed for the Sheffield Steelers, uh, obviously former team in the Elite League. Uh, Cincinnati Cyclones to the five flyers was Colton Waltz. We had one departure, which um, so it's been a while since we've done any arrivals and departures lounge, gents. Um, from the Manchester Storm to Narvik Hockey, so leaving the Storm was mate Wade McLeod. Uh, no team to Glasgow Clan was Mitch Jones. We're nearly there. Glasgow Clan to Manchester Storm was Medrick Mercier. And then finally, which was in the last couple of days from, I'm not even going to try and pronounce that, a Czech team to the Sheffield Steelers is uh, Wojtek Polak. It wasn't a Czech team. I apologize. It was a Romanian team. I've just remembered that in my head. Uh, I'm not going to pronounce it either way. SC, yeah, no. Andy, Dave, anybody want to have a back? I'm just getting you to page up. Wow. SC, six, Z, Z, We'll go with that. We'll go with that. That sorry, my pronunciation was no, that wasn't gonna happen. It was gonna be as bad as Bakashihuya or whatever. Bakashihua. Um (laughs) I can't get over it. It's such a better way of pronouncing his name. I want his name on the back of my jersey now. Um 
gents, I'll, I'll throw it over to you guys. Standout signing each. I'm going to go with uh, the signing to let's call it, the kid who's going to Kakodi, Colton Waltz. Um, <clears throat> a lot of experience in the WHL with the, the Brendan Wheat Kings, leadership. Um, and you look at his resume, he actually has a lot of leadership. He's been given the, uh, the A uh, with Brendan. Also at the, the, um, the Northern Alberta Institute of Tech, he was the captain for two years there. Um, Points-wise, okay. For a player with the experience that he's had, he's actually won one game in the AHL. Um, and then he went over to Strasbourg. Um, and then he's just kind of gone around Strasbourg and Cincinnati. I, I think I have a player is going to do all right for five. Um, especially as a D-man. Going to give him a bit, a bit, of, bit of speed in, in defence. Um when we watched them in Sheffield, um, they, they have looked the transition from from back to front looked a bit slow. So maybe this kid could give them that to the booster that they need. Um, and I think you know, I'd be quietly excited. I'm going to go as far as that. Quietly excited on this signing if I was a five fan. Um, it's good to see them making some more signings. Uh, is a club that are just traditionally very slow in that department, but good to keep keeping up. Good they're uh, they're going to bounce on the uh, the great weekend they had last weekend. Um, and yeah, long, long, from a five perspective, long may it continue. I'm going with uh, Jason Bakashua. Very, very um, Bakashihua. Almost, almost was going down that route. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, he joins Manchester Storm uh, after spending uh, uh, last year a deep breath. This one, gents. Donavarosi Achelvikak, something like that. Uh, in the Esta Liga, uh, he adds. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, this guy's had pretty good starts. I mean, uh, there's not been many times where he's dipped below 0.9. 0.900 save percentage, so it's pretty good. Um, he has spent a lot of time uh, in the AHL slash NHL. Uh, he is a 2001 round one number 26 overall uh, draft draft pick by the Dallas Stars, which is a very very high draft, very high draft pick number 26 overall for a goalie. Yeah, you hardly see that nowadays. That's fantastic. Uh, slightly older goalie, um, a bit like Bruce, but uh, you know you can't count these old goalies out because they have a lot of pedigree. A lot of uh, a lot of great stats on the resume. It's it's very good to see uh, these kind of players come into this league. Uh, many may know Jason Bikoshua uh, if he followed the NHL for a number of years. Say his name right. Bikoshua. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mainly started off uh, in the AHL uh, after uh, after a season with the Plymouth Whalers in the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, first started playing in the NHL uh, with the St. Louis Blues in 2005-06, where again, uh, almost half half the games played in the league. Uh, again, pretty good save percentage, uh, just below 0.900, so that's very, very good. Uh, after his stint with St. Louis, uh, he joined uh, the Colorado Avalanche, but he didn't really play many games uh, for them. Uh, and then onto the flies where it's pretty much the same story it was mainly just a backup 
so didn't really work out for him over North America. So his first stint in Europe was with the Strabbing Tigers in the Deutsch in the Deutsch Extra Liga. Uh, again, good stats, just over point nine hundred. Uh, yeah, pretty good stint in Germany, Slovakia, uh, Asia, Poland, and uh, Italy. Uh, I'll, I'll try and ask Price this one as well. It's Sturzing Vipitenio in the Alps Hockey League. 39 games, 0.904 save percentage. Again, that's very good. Uh, just going over uh, a slight um, review of him from Ulf Anderson. Picasso is a small butterfly goal with great agility and quickness, has good reflexes and is excellent in tight. Uh, I don't quite understand this bit. Sometimes players are shooter too hard. Um, I guess that means uh, he's, he's a bit too uh, f- forceful in, in too uh, concentrated in trying to put the skater off that he just, I don't know, uh, sort of loses where he is. I don't know, something like that. But it's a very good signing. He's uh, played four games so far, three goals average against, and 0.883 same percentage. So a very good signing for them. Yeah, I mean, are we, are we resigned to the fact it's injury cover for the Storm? I mean, Gref would be able to give us a better. Yeah. But I, I think from what we've gathered, it's, it seems to be injury cover for Matt Gin. I don't think there's necessarily been anything um, official come out, but, I mean, it looks to me like he must be sight covering for injury. You wouldn't be signing another goalie to cover Gin. I don't think Gin's had a particularly bad run so far. Um but always good when you can replace a guy like that. I mean, it's, it's another credit to the league, isn't it? It's a credit to where we are in the league to be able to sign a guy with that kind of pedigree midway through the season. Um, and that's, in fairness, he's, 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 la, la, la. I will try that again with my teeth in. It's exactly where I've gone with my uh, my chosen signing as well. Um, I've gone a little bit of a homer on this one. I've gone with Wojtek Polak, which is the signing for the Sheffield Steelers. Um uh, as according to the Elite League, he's been signed for injury cover for Brendan Connolly, who was added to the long-term injury reserve list. Um, that's also what Valdix was signed for as well, was signed as the injury cover for uh, Mark uh, B.A. Valorand, who was also added to the LTIR. Uh, he can play this weekend, though it was backdated to the, I think, the 8th of November. Uh, but yeah... <sighs> I've, I've not quite seen a signing signed at this stage of the year. I have got hiccups, so I do apologise if I keep stopping what I'm saying. Um, I've not seen a signing made at this kind of point in a year with this kind of pedigree for a long time in this league. Um, I mean, I'm not even going to flick through the whole teams. I'm literally sat on his kind of like league summaries. Uh, he's played 162 games in the AHL. Uh, 95 points and a point five nine points per game. Not bad going in the AHL. Uh, Czech Elite League, 381 games, 176 points, 0.46 points per game there. 322 penalty minutes too, so that should be interesting. Um, you know, he's he's, be, he's played in the Alsvenskan. KHL, 117 games, 46 points, 0.39 points per game. Uh, the Liga in Finland, 105 games, 70 points, 0.67 points per game. NHL has played five games, uh, I believe. Was that for Dallas? Yes, it was. It was for Dallas. Yeah, thank you. Um, no points. Uh, nil point, as they would say in Eurovision. Um, yeah. 
Uh, he's played in, in the NLA in Switzerland, 49 games, 28 points. And the big one that stands out to me is if you look at his ECHL stats, which is now disappeared, so I might be talking about the wrong player. <laughs> That's not going well. Anyway, forget about his ECHL stats. Um, yeah, it just looks like a great player, great signing. He's got a lot of good pedigree and... Yeah, he comes from Romanian League, 11 points in eight games. Um, and he earned the league 13 points in 10 games. So, I think a cracking signing. Obviously, you're trying to replace a guy like Brendan Connolly. Uh, you bring in a guy like this. He's only five foot ten, so he's only short, shoots left, and he's a winger or a centre. 36 years old, so he's not young, but he's not, you know, at the end of his game. I'm very excited for this one. I'm very interested to see what he plays like over the weekend. Um, yeah, apparently we've got another one coming in at some point. I don't know. Hopefully we announce another signing tomorrow because by the sounds of the press release, Fox said they should hopefully both be here this weekend or something along those lines. So that looks like we're going to have a second signing. Um, but yeah, Wojtek Polak, absolutely top draw signing for me, particularly at this stage in the season. No, it's um, when he was announced, you looked at his resume and you're like, and this, like you said, that this time of the year to get that type of, of pickup, that it's, you know, Sheffield have felt lucky in that respect. Um, and, you know, across the players that you mentioned already, it's, I know some of them are kind of injury reserves, which is a new one to get used to with the Elite League. <laughs> um, the calibers is decent level. It's not just the crumbs of what's left. You know, you've got but clubs are picking up some good players. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good thing to see continue in terms of the caliber player side at the beginning of the season throughout. So, no, it's, 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 it's good for the league. Yeah, 100%. He, he's come in on his interview and basically said he's here to score goals. Um, so, you know, he's, <laughs> he, uh, he talks a big game and I hope he can live up, live up for it. One thing I'll just read off, similar to what Andy's just read off on uh, for Bakashihua. Um, a smallish winger, Polak has very good natural offensive instincts, has a quick and good shot. He's a fast skater who can blow by defensemen. So it sounds like a very Aaron Fox signing. To be fair, we've already got a quick team. We've got the likes of Mosey, Latal, um, obviously John Owidow is a fast skater. We've got a few fast skaters on that squad, so he looks like a guy that's going to be able to slot in quite nicely once he's got that chemistry there with some other guys. So very excited for this one. Um, have we got anything else to add on signings, boys, or are we are we happy to leave it there? Yeah, okay. Good, right, okay. That was a nice, easy way of dragging through about 400 signings. <laughs> um, <laughs> the next thing we'll talk about, we are going to talk about very briefly. We're not going to go into any speculation. Um the Steelers are currently playing without Anthony DeLuca. It's confirmed that Anthony DeLuca tested positive for a banned substance um, at some point, and he's suspended currently, and I believe, until further notice. Um, don't know if they're doing a further test or something like that, but we've, we've not had it confirmed in terms of any bans. We've not had it confirmed as to any... Uh, you know, longevity of, of what's gone on. Uh, the only thing that we really know is... He's been tested positive for a banned substance and he's tweeted out and confirmed that it's not a performance enhancing drug. So we're not going to comment on it really 
the one thing that I will say is there's been a lot of irritating people on social media that have jumped straight to all guns blazing and uh, and accusing him and, and as far as as far as it goes basically making him a pariah for for making a mistake because he's a professional sportsman. Uh, I don't buy into it, and I'll say that on record. Everybody has the demons. He's a human being just like anybody else. If he's made a mistake, if he's got his own issues. Watch it. But all I say is if you're going to slate him, we don't know the situation. We don't know what it is. There's a lot of people making presumptions. If you're going to slate him, get yourself on Amazon Prime. Go and watch Ice Guardians and watch what people like Kevin Westgarth, Brian McGratton, and that's just to name two of them that have played in our league, um, you know, say listen to what a number of those players say. And Brian McGrattan, as far as we're aware at one point, ended up being part of a rehab program in Arizona at some point, I think, or in some team uh, because of his issues with alcohol and drug abuse. A lot of players do it for pain. We don't know what it is. We don't know if that's a situation, but a lot of players do it for pain because the painkillers don't work. And it's the only thing that stops it. And a lot of the time it leads on to painkiller, you know, that kind of thing, painkiller reliance, and then it leads into other things. If that's the situation or if it's anything else, you know, don't jump on the guy's back. He's a human just like anybody else. Yes, he's a professional sportsman. You know, you can argue he should know better, you know, but he's he's made a mistake. There's a time to for judgment from the fan base within the UK and around. And we're not near that time yet. Um, and we all have jokes about scenarios and, and things that happen in the hockey world. And, you know, we all, us four, including Griff, we, we have them jokes and, and, and conversations and such. And I, I kind of just, as a hockey community, we, we kind of like to fall back on, bear when I say this, we like to fall back on that be kind ethos and the hockey's for, the hockey fan is, is it for everyone and all that gubbins and I say the word gubbins because the way social media people or people on social media have, have kind of conducted themselves it's, it's kind of just a nice little throwaway phrase oh let me post them up with a hashtag I'm seen to be doing and we're kind of as a collective we mentioned this last week after the uh, the Denmark um talking about the, the trip to Denmark and some of the comments made on after that well, final game. I, I just get... Hockey fans, we, we're just never going to learn. We, we, you know, you either want to go down the route of slating people left, right, centre, fine, I'm not agreeing with it, but fine, that's your choice. You can do that. Or you want to preach the be kind message. You, you can do that. Fine, if you want to do that, not a problem. But there seems to be too many people like like this week, I'm going to be on that bandwagon. Do you know what? Next week, I'm going to jump bandwagons. And the week after, do you know what? I fancy changing again. You're diluting whatever message of positivity you try and put out with the be kind angle. When you There just seems to be a lot of that at the moment. And, you know, with this case in particular... Like you said, Joe, no one knows the facts. No one knows the details. All we know is the Lucas, the only fact is Lucas suspended. And the message that the Lucas put out on his own account. That's it. Nothing else. I just think it's, 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 getting, it's getting to a point where 
Social media brought a lot of the good in hockey, but a lot of good out of hockey. You know, the connections that you know this podcast has made through through social media, and you know, fans get to com- connect with each other and talk hockey, and, and you know, all friendships and, and, and other friendships are made. But over the last two months, highlighted, it's been going for a while, but highlighted last months, just the toxicness, the, the pit of just horribleness, whether that's not even a phrase, but just absolute dregs of, sort of society and, and the hockey society that's just seen on social media. It's, and I'm just, I'm just not sure where you go with this. I'm not sure if you know, do you just even just completely ignore it now? You know, and, and then just leave it and, and kind of let people just wallow in their own manure, shall we say. It's a, it's a sad scenario that's happened, and we'll, you know, we'll get all the details. When I say sad, it's, you know, someone's been, you know, the look has been suspended on a failed test because you never want to see anybody go through the mill of that. And once all the details are out, then be judge, jury, and executioner. Why the hell now with absolute crumb of information? There's become quite a bit of a stigma on this, really, because uh, recently there's been a, a lot of players relying on, on taking these substances. And, um, you know, we can't say a lot on it until they uh, produced what it was or... Anything like that, um, because it, it it could be something that's just banned in the elite league, uh, which but it's okay in other leagues. But we don't know this stuff yet. Uh, but the fact that Anthony's you now come out and said, you know, he's, he's given a statement on it, uh, and obviously says it's not performance enhancing, then uh, you got to give some credit from to even come out and put a statement out because there's a lot of people that just can't can't face that. And over the last few years, there's been many, many notable players that have struggled. Uh, two in particular, Evgeny Kuznetsov. And uh, recently we had Kerry Price, who pretty much single-handedly led you know, the, the Canadians to the finals last, last season. And uh, for whatever reason, um, just things started to fall apart from him, for him. And... Uh, he relied on on drugs. You know, it's um, it's very hard because I really do think ice hockey players have a harder time with coping with the pressure and uh, you know things around them than any other sport because ice hockey is the only real sport where I can, well, apart from I say boxing and and all those ones, but they're not really team sort of things. Uh, but in hockey, we are expected to play through a lot of pain and. Like Joe said, when sometimes you just become resistant to taking painkillers, and uh, you know sometimes players just find other ways to try and cope with the pain, and unfortunately it is it is these substances. But what you got to also think about is that these players are under a lot of pressure uh, all the time. Uh, they're idolised by a lot of people, uh, and it's going to get some some point in in the careers where they're going to have these demons and. You know, some feel confident enough to reach out to people and get the right help. Some, some don't because they're scared that you know they're going to feel. Um, I don't know what the right word is, but they're going to feel 
a bit scared in admitting things, admitting I've got a few problems. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a very difficult thing to talk about unless we, we know the ins and outs and like a lot of things in the past, we we won't know the full extent as, as to why it is. Um, but, you know, I, I think just now until more details come out, I think people should, you know, just lay off it a bit and um, and see what happens. But, yeah, it's, it's a very difficult thing to talk about unless you know everything that's gone off. So I think un- until then, it's probably best to, uh, to people just to wait and see what happens. Yeah, hundred percent. The thing that that's that's most difficult for me to read is you read everybody slagging him off and slating him, and they're the same people that two weeks ago were 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 raving about him, were binding him on the shirt. And I, I understand to an extent that some people will be disappointed. I'm disappointed to see him not being able to play because he played a cracking tournament in Denmark, and. You know, I really hoped that that was going to give him a boost and, and he was really going to come into his own. And obviously, he's not played a game since we came back from Denmark. The thing for me is, regardless of whether he's playing well or not, Deluc is a guy that, for me, seems to want to play for the club. He plays for the badge more than a lot of players that I've seen playing Orange. And, and we've had some serious players that have played for the badge. But for me, Deluc is one of those main players that plays for the badge. And I don't know him. I have no idea what the situation is. But I can only imagine that the, the guy is devastated right now to be in the situation that he's in. And it just winds me up to see people not thinking about that. It's just a straight away, I'm disappointed because I bought his jersey three years ago and that's £60 I'm not getting back. I've got a jersey with his name on. Fantastic. Well done. No. It doesn't take away from what he's done for the club. The other side of the arguments that people are making is he's a role model. He's a sports person. Kids look up for him. He shouldn't be doing that kind of thing. Well, yeah, okay. If you know, if it turns out that it's been that he's gone to a party and done a few things that he shouldn't have done, then fair, yeah, fair enough. You've got a good point. If it's that he's taking it to deal with pain or other issues, and you know, off the back of that, he's ended up in the situation he's in. If he can come back from that stronger and get himself sorted out and, and stop it from being an issue. Still say that's quite a good role model. Obviously the, the, the drug side in the first place isn't, but being able to, to get himself out of that, that situation. I don't know. I just, it's just the whole thing just winds me up. The social media blew up. Uh, Steelers fans did Steelers fan things. And yeah, I just, I'd refrain from, really commented on it because like you say the term he's a professional sportsman appears to override is a human and he's made a mistake and just doesn't fly with me but anyway have we got anything else to add on DeLuca um, like we say we don't really know the situation now we thought we'd just comment on the facts and pretty yeah, much just, just, just final thought really I mean Sheffield already has depleted a lot of players down injuries and there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of players on that team who are still playing with injuries, probably not as serious as, as what the four are uh, currently out right now, probably long term, but there's still going to be players that are playing through that pain because they're forced to, because they just can't afford and don't have time to bring in a whole new roster. So there's going to be a lot of players still playing with injuries. And, and this is what people got to understand. They are playing for this club. 
they're playing or any other club in the elite league. They are, they're playing for this club. They they may not be 100% healthy. No one really knows unless the club put out a statement or mention it. But there's going to be a lot of players playing pretty banged up right now. And they're going to be expected to play like for probably the rest of the season. So I think, you know, just need to think about uh, circumstances like that as, as to why they are turning to this sort of thing. But it's how it what, is. Ha- what happens when you reduce the numbers, mate? You, what you're saying is absolutely spot on. But you reduce the numbers and you reduce the changes and fans want the competitive team we can we count. Something has to give when the injuries tick, tick along. Sheffield's seen it. Nottingham's had a bit of an injury bug. Teams are going to get the injury bug. February, March is going to be an interesting period of time when you've had the you're in the busiest end of the season and you hope you're wanting to see a team at full throttle when, like you say, they've been playing injured for a fair period of time. It's a... Uh, yeah. But that's it. I think the bit I mentioned is a different conversation for a different time, but it's... It, Backs onto what you're saying in terms of, you know, players going through the pain to 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 do their best for their respective clubs, and every club has them players that will do that. Free line hockey. Yeah, we'll put this into perspective, boys. I mean, we'll just let's let's bring this and boil this down to a personal perspective for just a minute. We've all played through injuries at some point, whether that be for the Knights, whether that be for Ice teams, whatever. That's a, that's a rec level. That's a beer beer league level. I know. I certainly. I've 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 hobbled my way through games. It's a large proportion of the reason why my ankle's in the state that it's in. Because in the past I've come back from it too quick to play games. Dave, you did the same when you did your knee, you know, when you, you know, concussions and things like that. We've all yeah. done things where you you come back early or you play through certain niggles. You do certain things. And I'm not saying it leads us to that point, but we're playing beer league level. You know, imagine the pressure that's on a professional sportsman at a level like the Steelers. Imagine the pressure on those players. I've got a niggle, but I'm going to play through it because I don't want to let the fans down. What does that do? Look at Matteo the last year that he played for us. He was half the player, and that's no criticism to him. Because by all accounts, every single game he was borderline not playing through injury. Couldn't hold a pen to make a signature. Yep. Couldn't sign a shirt because his his, his hands were just that battered through yeah. the battered you know, being in front of the punishment he got through being in front of the net. And other players would have done that, you know, in different roles and everything. And what you're saying there, Joe, is absolutely spot on. You know, and we've all kind of got the conversation of, you know, well what you know we don't have the pressure of letting the fans down, letting the team down from the league results perspective. We don't have that as beer league players. And many beer league players in different cities up and down the UK will do the same. You know, they don't, they want to play for the team. They don't want them down, but that's the only pressure that's on us. The beer leaguers, these players, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, it's a livelihood as well. Yeah, exactly. So that. It's, it's, you know, we, we, we are lucky in respect of that, we can fall back onto our nine to five jobs. To these guys, it is their nine to five job. So there's a lot as a kind of an override, overriding subject to it all that I think people, never mind hockey fans, miss the point badly. But 
that doesn't get the likes and retweets, does it? Precisely that. I mean, other the, the other clear examples to me, just to run a few off, just to really show the extent that people seem to be overlooking. Levi Nelson scored the game-winning goal in second or third overtime after getting multiple injections in his ankle to be able to play. When he scored that game-winning goal, his celebration was to collapse behind the net in pain. Uh, Rod Saric used to do the same thing. Rod Saric played after he lost a kidney, for Christ's sake, or part of a kidney. Not just um, a kidney, he also did his foot before the Continental Cup final in 2010 yeah. and had number of injections until he just wore off. I believe if we're going for a non-Steelers example, and there I know there'll be a number of them, but obviously we're not as wired into those, but I believe to pull a, a very left-wing example out there is Riley Emerson, I think at one point played for Edinburgh with a broken ankle. Yeah. Mm. And you know. the amount of players that have gone over the years that have put, but they've had a broken cheek, jawbone or cheek, they whacked on the cage, played. Yeah. Warriors, that's the thing. And, you know, we, we love cheering them on and we love seeing that tenacity. And then we love to throw them under the bus, to use a phrase that we don't generally like. But we love to throw them under the bus and criticise them when you see the cracks start to appear from that. Simple as that. Um, anything else on that, boys? I mean, I think we can pretty much cover, put that to bed. Um, next thing I've got written down is top saves and I put top saves slash Jackson whistle because quite frankly the top saves this week I think four or five of them could have easily been a top save the top save in previous weeks had a beautiful save from Barry Brust against Guildford um, Matt Carruth was on there with a lovely save on the uh, Shane Owen with a lovely save on the back door and the number one save went to Jackson whistle which, Andy, you, you said you thought Shane Owens was, was marginally better. I suspect Jackson Whistles was there at number one for the, the dramatic nature of it. It was more of a diving save, whereas Owens actually probably was a better save in the situation, but looked slightly less dramatic. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, if they take nothing away from, from all four of those saves, at least, and probably the two others, I can't remember the other two, but... Uh, some cracking saves on there. And I feel like we criticise some of the top saves and goals sometimes. Uh, so, yeah, credit where credit's due on those. I don't know if you guys have, uh, have got anything to add to those, but some cracking saves this week. Wasn't we spoiled with some top saves? And there was a couple of saves that, in the games I watched across the weekend, that didn't make the cut. Um, you know, Jackson Whistles, it had the save. The, the technicality of it, you have the drama, you have everything that you want that kind of gets you on your feet and then just like takes your breath away, then type of a guilt edge saves. All of them, like you said, Joe, they could have been at the top rank. They, we, 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 this weekend just gone, we, we were spoiled by some great net minding um, and just some top notch saves. Um, Brusts, um, you can, you can you, I think you're now starting to see his. Resume showing him his game because he's starting to make the saves where you kind of think in his position he shouldn't be getting across and making these saves. He's making them and making them well. Um, so, Karouf starting to show the uh, what we thought could happen is beginning to happen. Um, and I'll just say this Saturday, Cardiff Sheffield, we couldn't, could we? If Bruss starts, 
Nah, Caruso's not going to. Come on, he's already shown his intent to not fight with him. Maybe waiting for to, to fight in his own barn. He's been growing his feathers. <laughs> Who knows? I'd like to see it. I know you mentioned it well in advance uh, this week. I'd like to see that fight. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's time we had a good goalie fight. And it's the only type of fight that you see in hockey that even the, the, the heavyweights stop and just watch. They'll hold each other's jerseys, but they'll stop and watch. I think the league needs one of them. I know. I think we all need one of them. But, uh, no, we've, 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 like I say, we've had some good netminding, and the skill-wise has been great. Andy? I think we've had the best saves of the last two seasons, literally in one weekend. <laughs> I mean, for four goalies to have pulled those off, in one, in one weekend alone, my goodness, wow. Just, I wish I was there live to, live to see them, because being there live and seeing that had just been an incredible moment. Uh, but, no, nah, just just brilliant effort by the goalies. As, as of recent, you don't really see these desperations save much anymore, but when they do happen, you know, it's it's, uh, it's, it's one of those that you, you can look back on for a long time. And, you know, could be the difference between a team... You know, winning the game or losing the game. So, credit to the goalies there. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, especially with, I know Jackson's was very much dramatic compared to the others, which is probably, again, why he, to get a top spot. But um, to even, as a goalie, to use your stick to your advantage, to get that in the run. I think we've lost Andy. I think we've lost Andy, yeah. Come in, Riga. It's like a dodgy connection to Eurovision Song Contest, isn't it? If he comes back and says nil poids, no. <laughs> <It's>, uh... <laughs> but I, I agree with what Andy was, was trying to say. Um, yeah, we've had some high-level skill this weekend. We absolutely have. I'm really intrigued if he's going to come back. <laughs> Just to put into context for anybody else who's listening... Um, the, the video that we have of Andy's pause while he's like rubbing his forehead, so he's either thinking really hard about what he's about to say next, or his internet's gone. We're just gonna wait and see for a minute if he comes back, or wait and see if he messages in a minute complaining about his internet. Um, or his laptop. Or his laptop could be his laptop. Who knows? Oh, he's gone. No, nope. we've uh... we have officially lost Andy Stafford. Oh, yeah. Dave. So anyway, so welcome to the Joe Wait and Dave Grant podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dropping yeah, like flies, mate. We lose Gref. We it's lose it's a sideshow now, isn't it? No, what's going on? I'm not used to these technical difficulties. Well, we are. These technical yeah, difficulties yeah. usually happen behind closed doors, not slap bang in the middle of a podcast. Yeah, we've, we've, we've done well over the last 80 episodes to not have many mid recordings. So. <laughs> but, Do you know what so, the one thing that it is, I think it's probably Skype have realised that there's a problem. I have three things left on my agenda. One of the big problems with that is one of those things is Stafford stats. <laughs> last I have three things left on my agenda, and we're currently 40 seconds behind an hour. So what actually happened is Skype have gone, whoa, whoa, this is not going to hit the two and a half hour mark if we don't throw some, some curveballs in here. You're, you're neglecting the regular length that you give the punters. No. We need to cause problems. I think we've just like, we've, we've 
declined to becoming like a talk sports show right now. <laughs> like, what so, is going on? Uh, also waiting for Andy because I think he's going to be back. Uh, oh, oh, I think we've got him back. Uh, live from Sheffield. Uh, Are you with us, Rika? I'm blessed with like the worst internet connection. No matter who I'm with, oh. every bloody internet provider I've had, it's always happens. Joe, cough up that money. The easiest bet won. Thank you very much. <laughs> you are very welcome. <laughs> Podcast. Yes. <laughs> Good to have you back, Andy. Um, yeah. <laughs> which just dissected the uh, the technical issues live on recording. I'm on 4G right now, so uh, we won't quite five. We said we've only got three things left on the agenda, and one of those is Stafford's that slash stories. So we <laughs> we were just saying your internet providers probably in- intervened because they've realised that we're running significantly ahead of time because we're currently at an hour with three things left on the agenda. So it's probably just thought, no, this has got to get to a two-hour mark. <laughs> As a first for us, I'm pretty good. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um, well, I mean, one thing I'll say about goalies, gents, just to throw it back to to the topic at hand. I appreciate Andy that you were you were kind of cut off there, but I, I'm not quite sure at what point you were cut off. You just kind of disappeared. I, I think I know where it was. Go on, go for it. Then. You, you, uh, on, mate. you started freezing. I thought it was uh, something on, on your end, but my internet still said it was there, but obviously wasn't. Anyway, um, yeah, I was just saying how, how you know dramatic Jackson's was compared to the restaurant, but uh, you know. Uh, Especially Shane uh, and I think Mac as well, using the stick to advantage when it's so difficult to time that stick right, especially when the shooter's got a puck and it's you know it's it's at a it's at an angle and it's going up and up and up. But to get that in the right position is takes a lot of skill. So even though they weren't number one, big credit to those guys. You've not only got to watch where that's the sound. You're not only going to watch where you're putting your arm out for the stick. You also try and work out where they're shooting. And try and work the angle, because normally you just it's going to be a shot. It's going to go somewhere, so you've got a bit more time to just try and work out where the puck's going. With them type of saves, you you not you, you're thinking a lot more. So when they come off, there's that there's an element of skill, luck, judgment that all builds into what comes off of these great saves, and we saw that this weekend. Good Dave, pretending he's ever made a stick save. I actually have. I did it once at training. The, the worst thing where the kid who shot it was a, a goalie, a kid called Richard Cartwright. Literally on one post, just sprawled out, stick, paddle, thank you very much. Thanks for coming. Um, that's Video. the other side Videos or it didn't happen. <laughs> Them videos can't be put on the public uh, domain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've heard that one before. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, I know you've heard that one before, yeah. I'm talking about your uh, search history. <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll we'll throw it back to to hockey and to goalie. Um, the one thing I'll say, boys, we say we're blessed with like the best kind of some of the best saves that we've seen in a long time this week. I think we're blessed with probably the best goalie lineup that we've had in the league since I can remember. I mean, if you, honestly, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll take out Glasgow's goalie just because we've not really seen much of him yet. But if we break it down to Beskarawani in Belfast, you know, Matt Carruth in Cardiff, CJ Mott in Coventry, Adam Morrison in Dundee with his five flyers mask. 
Um, Shane Owen in, in five. Um, Barry Brust in Sheffield. Matt Ginn in Manchester. Uh, Kevin Linskoog in Guildford. I've missed one. Kevin Carr in Nottingham. You turn around the Steelers sign any of those nine goalies next year. Are you disappointed? No. Absolutely not. Not at all. Can you ever think of a season where you would have said that about every goalie in the league? I'm struggling. Normally, and this is no disrespect of these teams, but the bottom end teams, you kind of go, you know, your goal is you've done your best to get someone that's going to keep you competitive. But every team has not just got a goal that's going to make them competitive. They've actually got goals that, and they've shown they'll win games. You know, Fife have picked up scouts. Dundee have picked up scouts. Um, Sheffield, Belfast, Nottingham, Cardiff have taken wins off each other. Not, um, Coventry, well, we've, we've mentioned more than one occasion, CJ Mott. And Manchester with Jane. Um, this, this is a good level of net-minded. Uh, I'm struggling I'm to think of, because normally you, get, you kind of look at the contest between the top four and then yeah. everyone else. But this year, it's like, oh, we are as a strength of, of net mining. And also, you didn't mention Stanovich, who, you know, was within that yeah. bracket of, of net mining. Um, you he know, had Whistle in there as well now. Whistle's played some good games as well. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, you, you're talking, and you're talking net miners that have won stuff. So, you know, I think this is, we're very lucky in that respect to have that strength. Because sometimes you, you, you watch teams and you go, yeah, you know you're going to win that because he's not going to be able to be able to stand, let's just say, of years ago, Fife against Sheffield. But now you go into these games and you kind of go, do you know what? If we're not in our game, he's going to pick up a win. If we take it too lightly, they're going to get one over us because he's going to show that. Sheffield's already had that with CJ Mark this season already. Yeah. Um, Cardiff have already had it Guildford. Um, Belfast have had it in Scotland because they seem to be playing Scotland every other weekend. Um, so it's happening. And, you know, long may it continue because it makes, it gives the league the parity that everyone cries out for. You're not going to get because teams just have different budgets and everything, but this is the opportunity to give it an element of parity that makes going to the games week in, week out worth going there's no dead rubbing there's no dead games in essence you know every every guy's giving them a genuine shot at winning games it's, it's, it's been a long time since we've seen uh, a mass competitiveness in terms of goalies uh, remember the days uh, when it was Kowalski Lehman Perrar um, Lyle Murphy no, that's probably the last time that there was such competitiveness in the league. We had quite a few goalies in it, and this year's really has it really has topped that because there's just so many more. Um, it, it's just great to see. Uh, we, we all love these goalie battles, and um, just long may it continue. It's, it's great to see. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think I can't see a better way of kind of capping this section off on 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 goalies than that. Um, you know, as you say, long may it continue. Uh, we got anything else to add on goalies? We're happy with that. Happy with that. Right. No problem. Um, 
fairness, I think, you know what, gents? We've really not got that much left on uh, the agenda. The next thing I've got written down is only really a kind of a heads up, a kind of honourable mention. And uh, you guys are going to call me Panther Joe, and yes, it was my suggestion to add it in, but it's it's a nod to the Panthers for the efforts that they put in earlier on in uh, November. Uh, November, traditionally in the NHL, is Hockey Fights Cancer Month. Disappointed to see that not more team. No, that's not a way of phrasing that. Disappointed to say that there weren't more teams that partook in the Hockey Fights Cancer thing. I'm hoping that that kind of comes in play later on in the season and just doesn't follow the November kind of trend. But the Panthers did it. Uh, They pretty much followed the basic template of one of the old NHL jerseys and they just did the kind of lilac shirt with the white shoulders. Nicely done. Uh, and as a result of the Hockey Fights Cancer Night, they raised £5,967 for charity. Well done. Uh, so very much a, a tip-the-cap moment to the Nottingham Panthers uh, on a job well done. Fantastic going. Uh, it'd be nice, and I appreciate COVID and everything may have prevented it, but nice to see it be a, a league initiative next year. And go as far as saying all November. You know, treat it like the playoff shirts. You know, work within you, because I know teams have their own sponsorship with warm-up jerseys. Work it within that and have it as like, you know, the league have a technology. Let's have them auctioned off. Let's be you know, It's that opportunity. The Panthers have took the opportunity. They've done something and they've made a statement and a grand statement. And, you know, really, you know, it's a massive welcome to them. Let's have the league do the same. Let's have a league say, do you know what? We're going to jump on that bandwagon. We're going to do it with every team for the whole month of November, let's just say. And let's really make a massive statement what we can do. So, no, well done, Nottingham. I've said previously that I really, really want a Steelers Hockey Fights Cancer jersey. And if they didn't sell replicas and I had the money for it, I quite honestly would buy one in an auction because I really want a Hockey Bites Cancer Steelers jersey. Uh, unfortunately, um, we're in the realm of uh, raffling off jerseys because apparently it's not fair, or well, some of our fans argue, it's not fair to do auctions because not everyone can afford it. Uh, we go back to this, I can't afford it, so it's not fair, which really winds me up. Um but yeah, I appreciate that Raffles raised some money, but in that instance, I'd like to see some auction jerseys too. Um, I'm not lucky enough to win shirts in Raffles, quite frankly. And uh, I would very much like to, uh, a Hockey Fights Cancer jersey. Um, and I'd wear that probably as one of my most worn jerseys if I, if I had one. So uh, if anyone from the Steelers is listening, please do that. Um, but yeah, tip the cap to Nottingham for the time being and hope that I honestly hope that more teams do this and that it's just a case that it wasn't done in November. Because realistically, there's nothing to say we can't do it in February or March or January. I'm running out of months to suggest. But um, there's no reason to suggest we can't do it in the future. Traditionally, it's done in November in the NHL. But I, I really hope there are more teams that follow suit and do this because it is a fantastic night. It is a fantastic cause. And... Uh, it's something that I think everybody should strive to be a part of now because it is a majorly growing thing in uh, in North American hockey. Yeah, absolutely agree with both. I mean, uh, um, it, I'm surprised the league hasn't done this as a whole 
uh, before. I know certain teams have in the past, but that's been like separate things. But but as a league, uh, I know it is. It's not all about the publicity and everything. It's a charity. That's what it's about. It's about a charity, but also with that, it's it's bringing some good of the league. You know, um, cancer. Unfortunately, it, it affects a lot of people, and, and of course, in all our fan bases, it's touched a lot, a lot of people's lives. There's a lot of people that we know in the, in the Steelers fan base that unfortunately has passed away because of it. Um, now, if, if you made this a league-wide thing, it can be massively, massively respected. And uh, it, I think if they put it all together, put all the money together, donated it to, to Cancer UK or Macmillan or whatever. Uh, overall charity, uh, then that'd be fantastic for me. I think I think it'd be very very well received and uh, just a great way of of giving back as a league and, and not just one particular team. But gotta say hats off to Nottingham because that is a fantastic uh, amount raised, uh, absolutely brilliant. And again, just hope all teams uh, follow suit in the near future. Yeah, you're right. What you're saying, Joe, in terms of you could do other lumps, because I know um, baseball do a stand-up to cancer night during the World Series, and that's in October. So there's nothing stopping, um, you know, other teams doing it in other months. Um, you know, as much as can. Sorry, as much as the member is the traditional month to do with the cancer awareness of cancer, hockey fights cancer. You know, cancer's a twenty four seven. It doesn't have a month off. Um, as, as we all know, you know, we've, we've lost, like you say, Andy, we've lost many people in all the fan bases to cancer. We've been, we've got many survivors in amongst the fan bases. So it's been, it'd be good to see. And they're also great nights in a, in a kind of a brings the message home. I don't know if you've, you see any of the videos with the NHL do it. Um, they get the little placard things. Mm-hmm. They get everyone doing it, the commentators, the broadcasters, so who's doing the broadcasting, the cameramen. And it, it's, it, it's, they do get quite emotional. Um, so, if anybody's listening in the league, let's see some more teams do it, please. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely, 100%. I think the same with the NFL. I don't know for certain, but the NFL usually have like a thing a month. Uh, I think October, I believe, was like you can play, like equality, um, pride, or whatever banner you want to put it under, but it's that kind of thing. Um, November, I believe, was veterans. Some kind of. Yeah, I'm presuming at some point they do a, a cancer one as well. This is another point where we need Graf to not be on his old man nap. But um, yeah, no, 100%. And like you say, if someone from the league or from any any team is listening, uh, just let's just start doing it. It'd be it'd be really nice to see. I I, I honestly like the hats and things like that they sell and everything, the merch that they could sell. And raise some serious money. I'd be, I'd be buying a hat if, they, even if they did it as a league initiative. If we get an elite league hat, Premier Sports EIHL hat, in the hockey fights cancer lilac colour, I genuinely would buy one of them as well as a Steelers one. Give me the hat. Give me the polo. Give me the t-shirt. Yeah, you. They could do so much that would really spread that word out. Yeah. 
So uh, yeah, well, it, it's it's such a massive important call as well because I think the latest stats is in your lifetime at least one in two people will have some sort of cancer, and it, it is a it is a huge thing, a huge thing, and um, you know to, to do something to uh, not not, not just raise awareness because there's a lot of cancers and that that go undetected until it's you know unfortunately too late. It's the messages to you know keep checking, keep going to doctors and all, all that sort of thing, just getting that message out there, really. Uh, but also, it's not to reflect, and uh, the way the NHL do it is amazing. Absolutely amazing. So I, I'd love to see that over here. Yeah, 100%, boys. 100%. Uh, have we got anything else to add on that, or are we happy to move forward from there? <laughs> little uh, humorous anecdote just to uh, just to give you is that I'm watching the Colorado-Montreal game while we're doing this, and uh, New Hook has just had a penalty for hooking, which I just found quite satisfying. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely forgot there was a player called New Hook for a second, and the referee did his usual hooking signal, and then the player turned around and it said New Hook, and I was like, that's just too good. <laughs> just too How good. to work your audience. <laughs> there was a player called, um, I've, I've got what his name, but his, his dad was called uh, Adam Foot. Uh, and from what I believe, he, he got uh, caught for quite a few slew foots in his time. Nice. Yeah. So. <laughs> Brilliant. It's, it's always fun, isn't it? I always like the why is the goal cancelled because Netsov, I just I just like that. But, you know, because <laughs> Netsov ever gets a goal waved off because the net it is off. Like but... York, it sounds like York's been tough, doesn't it? Because Netsov. Because Netsov. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? I'm going to say, if you imagine explaining that to someone that like actually, like, so an, an American that, that follows the Capitals, if you said that, they'd probably be like, what are you on about? Be like, oh, yeah, no, that don't work if you don't add like a Yorkshire twang to it. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, anyway, so I just thought I'd mention that because that made me laugh. Um, Stafford stats slash stories, but we're nearly at the end. We're an hour and 17. So oh. it's craziness. It's currently 20 past 12, and we're nearly done. I'm not even tired yet. What's going on? You what? <laughs> I'm not even quite tired yet. What's going on? You had, your, you had your strategical time out, mate. You had your little kit. Oh, yeah, I did, yeah. <laughs> Gref's, Gref's going to wake up from his nap and think he can join the podcast. We're going to all be in bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, Andy, over to you, mate. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I, was, I was trying to think earlier about uh, just quickly going back to the injury thing because it was obviously we're not a Steelers podcast and we don't want to promote that we are. Uh, I was trying to think of a player, Coventry, his name uh, came to, just came to me a few minutes ago, uh, Barry Almeida. I think he joined the blaze literally with a swollen uh, face on one side and it, it didn't go down for a, quite a few months. Fair play. Did not know. Oh. Can't remember that. Oh, fair news. There's another one I feel like we need to make. David Alexander Beauregard. I know that he yes, wasn't yes. necessarily injured per se because he played for it for a lot with a long time, but I mean, he'd lost his eye, I think, playing. Yeah. I think it was playing. It's actually, there's also a video of it on... Um, Oh, go on. Crime and penalties, is it? Netflix yeah. document about the team that that Mafia boss bought his son or whatever. Um, for some Danbury reason. Danbury Trashers one. Say again? Is that a Danbury Trashers one? That's the one. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. It's on my my to watch list. But uh, yeah, he's another guy. Um, you know, it shows you, like we said before, it's the livelihood, but it's the love for the game. Can you imagine losing your eye? 
and then it not even just losing your eye, losing your eye playing hockey, and just going, that's all right, I'll stick a visor on. Mm. Unreal. And I still to play at the level he played at. I mean, I hated when he played for Nottingham in particular, but he was a cracking player. Oh, he was fantastic. So, yeah, there's, yeah. Also, there's also Brian Campbell of Boston. He, he, he broke his leg for a blocked shot and then blocked another one. I was on the ice for like four minutes until they cleared the ice. I remember that. Yeah. That was a that's that's horrible to watch. It's horrendous to watch. Oh. Yeah, it's not nice. No. Anyway, just a few um, non-stealers uh, injuries that happened uh, that we need to talk that we want to talk about. Um, it's hard. It's like they're the ones that stand out to, particularly when there's no Gref. It's difficult to pull other team examples out because they're the ones that stick to your memory because they're your team. <laughs> and like Absolutely you say, right. that might be a Steelers podcast. It's like <laughs> we don't see other, other teams week in week out. It's very difficult to uh, to pick up on these things. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to go through the league table at the moment. We've got. Uh, Steelers in first with 18 points. Uh, in second, we have a Cardiff with 17. In third is Guildford with 17 as well. In fourth is Belfast with 12. In fifth is Coventry with Belfast. Is Sorry, is Coventry, Blaze, with 11 points. Uh, in sixth is the Manchester Storm with 11. Seventh, surprising to see Nottingham far down, uh, but with 10 points. Uh, and we've got eighth is the Flyers, slowly climbing that table with 10 points. Uh, in ninth, we've got Glasgow with seven, and then also Dundee with seven points as well. Uh, top scorers, we have Michael McNicholas, uh, a five player, uh, who is top scorer at the minute. He's very good. How was that? Oh, no, it's crazy, isn't it? Uh, and then we've got Brody Reed with 16 points. Also with 16 for Cardiff is Justin Crandall. Then we've got Adam Brady with 15, and Scott Conway also with 15. Uh, top goalies at the moment. I presume this is only because of uh, obviously save percentage in such little games. But we've got Shane Starrett of Glasgow with 94.4%. Then we've got Matt Carew with 93.9%. Uh, Soyanovic's uh, still up in in uh, third with 93.6%. Lynn Skew for Guildford with 93.1%. And then CJ Mott with 92.6%. So it's looking very good uh, for goalies at the moment as well. Uh, going through to the Challenge Cup. Uh, in Group 1, because there isn't really any group names to them, so let's call it Group 1, 2, 3. Uh, first group, we've got Belfast um, with 14 points. In second, we've got Dundee with 7. In third, we've got five with 5. Uh, all teams are pretty much qualified from that group. Uh, again, in second group, we've got Cardiff with 12, Guildford with 11, and then Coventry with 4. Again, all teams in that group have qualified. And lastly, in Group 3, we've got Steelers with 14 points. Uh, second with Nottingham is with 11. And then just missing out on that qualification spot is Manchester with three points. Pretty much an, an all-Belfast uh, top points in this Challenge Cup as well. We've got Scott Conway with 15. Uh, David Goodwin for Belfast also with 15. Uh, JJ Picnic, or Pitchnick, just think. Pitney's a bit funnier uh, with 12 points uh, and then John Boucher with 11 points and then we've got Tanner Eblay for Sheffield with 10 top goalies we've got Tyler Baskarani with 96, 96% and then Terran Cozen for Cardiff with 94.3 
Binsker with 93.2, Barry Brust with 93.1, then James Downey. Very surprising to see his name up there. He's been playing fantastic uh, when he has stepped in between the pipes, uh, obviously covering for Jim when he was out injured. Uh, hopefully still gets to play a few games because his form has been incredible the last few games. He's got 92.2. And uh, seemed pretty good in fifth spot in terms of Challenge Cup uh, goalies. Uh, so, yeah, pretty much wide open still in the league. And, uh, yeah, pretty good pretty good things there. I'll argue with that. You remember when we were, like, absolute... <laughs> slating five probably isn't the right word, but... You remember when we were, like, saying that we didn't imagine five was going to do anything they probably weren't going to make playoffs and then all of a sudden it's like yep we're winning games now and we have one of the top well the top point scorer how when did that happen <laughs> well crazy not healing enough i know i also have a complaint andy i have just well, just one complaint right mm-hmm. so we can call picnic picnic but bakashihua is just it's just a step too far. You can't call him Bakashihua. It's not as funny as Picnic. I disagree. <laughs> I think it's just a you problem. Sounds like one of the extras from Pocahontas is Bakashihua. I just can't. I just can't. I just can't get over that. I, anyway, sorry. Yeah, just completely. Now if you said if you said, said Bakashihua, then maybe. <laughs> we want to call him Bakachua. That's that's it now. For <laughs> we hope you enjoy watching Bakachua between the pipes. Um, do you know what the worst thing is? I mean, it's not even his name, Bakachua, but I still think Brock Bukaboom is a better name. It is, it is a good name. It's like it's like Duke Kaboom from Toy Story Four. Uh, no, I'm still going with Bro- uh, Brock Bukaboom Boom Shake the Room. <laughs> It's got to be done. It's got to be done. <laughs> anyway, um, that's Stafford Stats. Have you got any stories for us? Oh, go on. Um, I'll go with one a few years ago. Uh, Steals. Like a theme tune. We need to get you a theme tune for Stafford Stats and Stafford Stories. Will, yeah. I'm not sure you can put one on now with your editing expertise, so I'll leave that to you. Theme tune first. It's not about editing. It's about <laughs> with the tune. <laughs> <laughs> Just use Law and Order theme. I don't know. Did you? I, I can't do that because now I've got that two in my head. And don't you God. I'm sorry. Go on. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Go uh, back a few years ago, we still see a challenging uh, trip to uh, Gothenburg. Um, again, I, I've, I've slept a bit and drank a bit since then. So I, I don't know. Fully exactly what happened, but basically, um, for some reason, I didn't have my ID on me. Uh, trying to go to a bar, uh, I, was, I was with Dave and a few other Steelers fans, uh, trying to get into this bar. There was someone that someone, uh, was on the door, um, obviously, thought I was under 18, which I, I was over 18 at the time, uh, but he thought I wasn't. So then, asked for some ID, realized for some reason I didn't have any, and then, uh, Dave, Dave the incredible. A man that he is steps in and uh, persuades persuades him basically by saying, oh, "Oh no, I'm I'm his coach. Trust me, he's over 18." <laughs> so context to that. So like I say, he had no ID, and the bounce like he can't come in. It's like, well, and bear in mind we've been in the night before. No problem. 
And it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm the coach. I wasn't the coach of any of the teams at the time. It was like the year after when I, we became his coach uh, of the night. Um, no, it's an over 18, it's an adults team. So everyone's over 18. There's no juniors. It's all 18 plus in terms of the age brackets. He's over 18. How, how do I know? This is the bouncer. How do I know? Because I am the coach. And it took him about two or three minutes. And he's like, okay, I believe you. After an absolute interrogation. <laughs> you know, poor kid was absolutely hoodwinked because A, I wasn't, but B, he was over 18. But he was at, at first, he was determined not to allow him in. It's a hard bargain. <laughs> I have a question. How much did, did, did Dave pay you to call him an absolutely amazing man on, on the podcast? <laughs> um, um, three pounds. Three pounds. Oh, sounds. You can buy the next webcast. Yes. Not webcast. Uh, Ticketmaster. It's all about the transaction fee. Don't need a webcast price. Just get a VPN. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a rabbit hole we don't need to work it out of. No, that's true. Other holes are available. Thank you. <laughs> Every single time the word rabbit hole gets said now. That has to follow. It's just this now a podcast rule. It's it's like a whole you welcome your wrong podcast sort of thing, isn't it? it uh, yeah, exactly. Add <laughs> on to that. Add on to that. Anyway, um, <laughs> back to hockey, James. Boys, Greff's missed out on a pearler here. I'm telling you, he has. We'll move back to we'll move to predictions. It's the last thing on the agenda. We're at an hour and a half. Um, yeah. Um, first game Friday, Glasgow versus Nottingham in Glasgow. Nottingham three one up. Ooh. I'm I'm going to go four three Glasgow. Oh. Oh, Matron. Sorry. <laughs> No. <laughs> what? Why did this become a carry-on audition? I have no idea. Uh, What's happening? <laughs> oh, cuts pretty oh. short. Um, no. Um, yeah, Nottingham five-three for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. Cardiff, Sheffield in Cardiff on Saturday. With Sheffield three-one. Ooh, no, I can't do it again. Sheffield, are you just going to stick with a 3 1 thing throughout the entire thing? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> not. Find out if Dave comes out with a different score prediction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cardiff 4 2. I've gone Cardiff 4 3 in overtime. Uh, Coventry, Glasgow in Coventry. Who's winning 3 1, Dave? Coventry. I actually do have that many 3 1 as well. <laughs> you got to be joking me. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'll send you a photo. Any of these scores right at 3 1. Or what's even going to be better, I guarantee you now, one of the scores he doesn't get right will be a 3 1 score. <laughs> Coventry one three no. Um, <laughs> 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 I 
Um, yeah, I'm going to go Coventry. Five three. Enough. I've gone Coventry three two in overtime. Uh, Dundee Nottingham in Dundee. Oh. Nottingham to win four two. You've changed the ah. score line. That's going to be the three one game. <laughs> yeah. Generally, I've got in my head is Nottingham three one, and that's not because of previous things. Okay. I actually originally had Nottingham 4-2 and I'm genuinely changing my prediction to Nottingham 3-1. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's um, Manchester, Guildford in Manchester. Guildford twin 4-1. Guildford 4-2. I've got Guildford 5-2. Uh, five, four, five. Can we just put on record that Gref would have gone for Manchester to win? Yeah, say it yeah. yeah. We'll go through the predictions last time round, by the way, because I just can't get over how poor we were last week. So we'll go through those. Really? Games. But well, I mean, there's there's usual bad than <laughs> this last week level. There was and there's us. <laughs> there was a day last week. Oh no! In fact, you know what? We'll save it. We'll we'll do it after these predictions. So that's that's fine. Um. Did I give my score? I can't remember. Say yeah. it again, just to be on the safe side. I said Guildford 5-2. Um, Fife v Belfast in five. After we've bigged them up, I'm saying Belfast to win 5 nil. Jeez. Okay. Belfast 4-1. I've gone Belfast 4-2. Uh, then we move to Sunday. We've got Glasgow Belfast in Glasgow. Belfast wins six two. Belfast uh, five three. I've also got Belfast five three. I'll do a countdown. You can see my paper if you want. That's um, fine. I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sheffield Dundee in Sheffield. Uh, Sheffield to win five two. Sheffield 6-3 got Sheffield 4-1 Fife Nottingham in Fife Fife to win (laughs) 4-1 Fife 2-1 I got Nottingham 3-1 uh, Guildford's busting out the 3 1 scorelines now. <laughs> I'd like to say it was the first one I wrote down, but as soon as I changed my uh, Dundee Nottingham scoreline, <laughs> Nottingham winning 3 1 in both games, but yeah, um, who knows? Uh, Guildford Cardiff in Guildford, last game. Guildford to win 4 3 in overtime. Guildford 5 4 in overtime. Oh, Ooh. I've got Cardiff four three in reg. Ooh. Oh, Matrix on now. Not again. Not again. <laughs> <laughs> Have Manchester only got one game this weekend. I'm assuming so. 
Was that why Gretz fell asleep? Just because he knew that we were going to be discussing Manchester less? Probably. Next on TV. <laughs> Definitely some bias going on in this one. Yep. <laughs> um, Dave, you just checking that Manchester aren't playing again? Yeah. No, they're not. They're they not. Are. No. Fair enough. That's the kind of weekend you want when your goalie's potentially injured. Yeah. So, boys, now I come on to the amusing business, which is uh, last week's predictions. Uh, so there were there were eleven games last week, which means there was a total of twenty-two points on offer. Uh, in last place was Greff. With two. In second last place was Dave. With three. In second was Andy. With four. And I was the top with five. So a really, really dreadful week. And to top that off, on Sunday, both Gref and Dave had nil point. This is what happens when you back Manchester to win games. Is it honestly right? So all, we even said this on the podcast. All four of us said Manchester on Saturday, and we even said so. If you've got your money on anybody, put it on Dundee, and we were we were right to say that. Ironically, um, three out of the four of us. So I was the only one that said Glasgow to beat Manchester. And if you remember, we nearly ended up having a full house on that. So I was the last one to say. So we had we had three people say Manchester. On the Sunday, and Glasgow won. So not a good weekend for Glasgow, uh, for, Glasgow for Manchester. Probably another reason why Grass fell asleep. Um, and not a good week for our predictions. That's just kind of two. Two out of 22 possible. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, let's hope we do better this week. Probably not. <laughs> It'll be worse this week, just watch. <laughs> yeah, we're all on zero for some, somehow. <laughs> even though we've we've got differing predictions at times, we're all going to end up on zero. Um, yeah, gents. I mean, that that brings everything that I've got on the agenda to an end. Uh, episode eighty, this was. So we're getting there. I mean, another another round, nice nice round number. Uh, has anybody got any other business they want to bring up? Yeah. Um... Probably by the time this is uploaded and this is not a dig at you, Joe. Um, Friday, we'll see the, the KTL's World Game um, yeah. played in that hockey hotbed of Dubai. Coca-Cola Arena. Um, it's probably hot. Oh, it, it, actually, it's pretty cool around this time of year. Well, yeah, but uh, what's cool for Dubai? Uh, 25. Oh, yeah, I can't imagine how cold that must be. With a humidity of 20-30%. You know, thoughts and prayers with them. Um, the the arena looks a really good, top notch arena with it. It's uh, Avangard Omsk and Azkar Azbar Kazan. Kazan. Yep, thank you. Um, and that should be fun. So, if you if if by somewhere we may actually put it in the in the discussion group and everything. One uh, fifteen UK time, the game faces off. Just be very interesting experience. Um, it's a lot different to watching a hockey match in a mall, which you can do in Dubai. A mall? 
We're, we're in, Dave, a shopping centre. Shop, no, it's called shopping. It's called shopping mall. A shopping centre. You know, I know it's shopping centre, but it's called the shopping. The Dubai Mall. <laughs> Seats at one end and different tiers of was the shop sign. You see people just hanging over there watching the game. It's, it's, it's different. That's where the Mighty yeah. Camels play, isn't it? Uh, Dubai Mighty Camels. Uh, there is the um, Dubai uh, Dubai Oilers. Um, Allying Thebes. Um, there's a few te- teams there. There's also a few expat, ex-English players. I uh, played um, old EPL who've moved out to Dubai for working play hockey there. Michael Wales is oh, yeah. one that sticks, uh, to, springs to mind who, who plays at the uh, Emirati League. Um, and it's not bad because a lot of the Russians who work out in Dubai play. So the, the standard's not too bad, actually. Um yeah, that's uh, Friday. Friday the 3rd. The I would say, if you're listening to this, give it a watch, but I can guarantee you this will be uploaded after that game. So <laughs> We'll post it on our socials just to remind people. Probably the safer bet. That's not that safer bet. I mean, if you can remember to post on socials. <laughs> it's not the assholes up. I mean, it's going to be difficult down. keeping that in, in condition, isn't it, in heat like that? I'm, I'm pretty certain if... Anybody has the 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 capacity and the the know how, they'll be able to do it. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that when we went to when we went to Vegas because that was so it was like thirty forty degrees and it's like you're going into a room and watching ice hockey it's craziness but they do it. So be interesting to see that in fairness might have to have that on on, uh, on my desk. So yeah. End of the business, gents, or is that is that are we we happy with that? Well yeah, that's it for me. Apart from the socials that we should push. Took the words right out of my mouth in the word of meatloaf. Meatloaf. Nobody else. <laughs> meatloaf. <laughs> so yeah, if um, you want to to follow us and the way this podcast has gone tonight, I'm not sure why because we don't talk hockey. Um, Facebook, My Fantasy and Bernie Podcast. Uh, Twitter and Instagram, MFZ Podcast. Um, give us a follow. Um, let us know what you think. Those main followers around the shopping mall. And the shopping mall, yeah. Shopping uh, mall. Obviously, we, we've, as we said the last episode, we've got the discussion group getting set up. So uh, join in and um, let us know on there what you think. Um, as I said, I've done some of the rules. Laugh and enjoy some of the gems that you hear on this podcast on any episode. And I think episode 80 provides a few, fair few gems. Does. Episode 80 has been anything but a shambles. <laughs> if anybody's picked up by now, by the way, the word of the podcast at the moment appears to be shambles. Um, along with others. I think, I think some people were commenting on us playing buzzword bingo from uh, from, from Denmark <laughs> last episode. Um, yeah. Couple of messages and like, is there a current message? Is there a current a, a theme on the podcast this week of some of the stuff you guys kept saying every time? It's like, yeah, yeah, well spotted. I don't think you guys picked up on my subtle one either. Which I'm, oh, I'm, we did. I, I can't mention. Oh, good. Oh, we did. That's good. Oh, we did. That's don't good. worry. <laughs> I still can't get over Congo Congratulations. <laughs> 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 but now, right, have we got any other business, gents, or are we happy to bring a close at, at this point? Oh, good. I, think that's, I think that's a sentence. Bring a close at this point. 
It's like reverse Yoda, isn't it? <laughs> Bring clowns, we will. That was a terrible... <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow! Blame the sound quality. If you if that was rubbish, it's your speakers. Um, <laughs> we'll go with that. Uh, now, if that if that's it, gents, Dave, uh, thank you very much for sporting the Alborg Pirates socky jersey again. Yep. Like to see that flying the Pirates colours. Gotta wave the flag for the Pirates. It's very disappointed. I tagged the Pirates in a picture on Instagram, and I did not get a reaction. And I am very disappointed. Do it for Ding Dong. Yeah, no. They're playing tomorrow as well. Um, I want to say Sonderseeker are playing. Say Sonderseeker then. Yeah, I said that. Is that that? No, they beat Herning. Or is it, well, I, they're playing either Herning or Sonderseeker, but they're playing tomorrow night. Beat Herning 4-3, I think it was. In Herning. Let's go Pirates. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you very much, Joe. Um, and thank you for... Uh, it's sort of enjoying the last bits of your birthday with uh, us reprobates in utter shambles um, thank you Andy um, thank you Griff for ignoring us and enjoying the kit um, thank you to everyone who listens um, I, I generally don't know how you do it uh, it's that uh, I hope you enjoy listening to us and, and, and enjoy laughing at each other um, it makes it worthwhile I- I want to know if we made it into anybody's top Spotify playlists on that Spotify wrapped. I don't think so, mate. Oh, no, I want to know if, if, if we were on anybody's top playlist. I want, I can please tweet us. I, I genuinely want to know. But tomorrow we'll put that out along with the KHL World Series game or the World Game or whatever they called it. We'll actually ask that. If anybody has that. Now, that's going to be a really disappointing tweet, though, when no one replies. It is. <laughs> so we'll just, set, we'll just set us up for the fair. We expect nobody, but please surprise us. I hope, I hope it's one of Simon's, though. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it is. Oh, I actually, actually asked for quite a bit of the joke. Sure. Yeah. Costing go with Simon. Yeah. We're relying on you, Simon. Please please let us know. Um, <laughs> the idea we're going to make Simon stop what, stop listening to the podcast now because we just keep mentioning him. He's, gonna be, he's, he's literally going to be sitting there going, I literally bought my point. Why did they keep mentioning me? <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, now this is the longest outro ever. Andy, thank you very much, sir. <laughs> thank you very much, Joe. Um, yeah, thank you for spending a lot of time on your birthday doing the podcast. Really appreciate it. Have a great, great day again. Um, thank you, Dave, again. Uh, as always, absolute pleasure. Uh, thanks, Greff, for your absolute pure sassiness tonight. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Uh, and again, thanks for everyone listening at home. Uh, again, really appreciate listening, and uh, thank you for spending a lot of your, uh, I say, three hours listening to us. Yeah, this is well, yeah, this is true. I like I like Andy taking shots at Gref when he's not even here. <laughs> Gref's gonna listen to this, I think, maybe, and then um, <laughs> might make it as far. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Greff will listen to what I'm talking about now, guys. What are you on about? <laughs> he certainly won't make it past talking about how bad Manchester have been this weekend. So that's that's that. Um, yeah, anyway, no, cheers, mate. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I say longest outro ever. Uh, we hope no one's disappointed with the length of this podcast. It is a bit shorter than usual. Um, 
However, hopefully we'll have Greth back next time. Hopefully we'll be able to deliver on the uh, the two and a half hour length again. Um, but yeah, thank you to everybody listening. Keep waving those flags. And uh, we'll see you soon for another episode of My Fancy Zamboni. Thanks a lot. <laughs>